Welcome to the Rebooting Business Podcast, where we discuss how businesses can reboot, rebuild, and come back bigger and stronger than ever before in a post-COVID-19 reality. And now, here's your host, David Summerfleck. And hello, my name is David Summerfleck. I'm a digital marketing specialist at dms.blue. And if you are listening or watching this, you're tuning in for another episode of Rebooting Business. And uh, thank you for watching or listening. For digital marketing, dms.blue. My guest today is Mr. Russell Noelty. Did I pronounce that correctly? It's Nolte, but it's okay. As long as you make sure you spell it with two L's, I'm happy. The The first name with two L's, that is. Okay, I'll make a note. Yes, I do have that, in fact. Russell, can you please introduce yourself and talk about your professional uh, background? Sure. So I am a USA Today bestselling author, uh, and I run a publishing company called Wannabe Press. I also run a training academy called The Complete Creative. Uh, I run, I also own a Verizon dealership, but I don't really get a chance to talk about that very much. Uh, so we uh, help authors and other creatives build their business, build their mailing list, Um build relevancy, build their social media impact, build their community, really. And then I do that also for myself um, through uh, Kickstarter. I've raised over $170,000 on Kickstarter, battling the ideas. Uh, I've, I've toured the country, uh, hundreds of shows across the last few years. I speak at conventions and I table at conventions. And I've been at uh, uh, San Diego Comic-Con as an exhibitor and a speaker, WonderCon, Emerald City Comic-Con, New York City Comic-Con. Uh, just about everywhere in this country that has a relevant convention. I've been Denver, Salt Lake City. Um, so yeah, I basically spent my uh, living uh, basically traveling around the country doing conventions, traveling really the world doing conventions. And uh, yeah, I guess until about two months ago, that is. What motivates you the most creatively and professionally and how do you adapt with the changing times? Because just like what you just said, things changed a few months ago, obviously. And I mean, certainly you have interest in a lot of different areas. And so, I mean, we had a lot of fun talking, at least I had a lot of fun talking with you before we started because you just so many different interests. How do you keep your head above water, so to speak, and adapt? so that you can still pursue your interests with what's what's obviously going on. This is so interesting because I was telling you before that I have um, I, I, I have uh, Thursdays devoted to just doing these records right. and then like doing meetings and such. And uh, I started uh, my day on an SEO call trying to find an SEO expert and digital marketing people and uh, and uh, and and I, I'm on like phones calls with some people like that. But I also then uh, do podcast records and in my first meeting today. I was talking specifically about um, about how I don't want the creative part of my business to become more uh, more uh, more profitable or take more of my time than my writing career is because that's the thing that I care about most of all. Um, I have tried to move away from writing at different points in my career, and I have. I have found that I am riddled with anxiety when I'm not writing it, writing, really writing fiction, not even nonfiction. Cause like I can write, I can blow through 10,000 words of nonfiction in a day, no problem. And, uh, I mean, writing it. Uh, and I just, I don't get the same satisfaction or the same, like reduce, uh, uh, uh flushing out of anxiety as I do, uh, as I do when I'm writing fiction. So I kind of don't have the option to uh, not write fiction because I literally go bonkers if I'm not writing fiction. I have dealt with depression and anxiety my whole life, and uh, it only feels better when I have the release valve of writing fiction uh, to uh, to flush it out into. Uh, so the thing that I'm most precious about, and I've actually in the past couple of months moved away from uh, because I was trying to figure out what was what what was happening was the writing of the fiction. And I found myself slowly getting more and more and more depressed and riddled with anxiety. And so I really had to redesign my whole life so that, um, so that uh, uh, I would have one day to devote to this. So podcast recording um, one day 
to re, to to do meetings and my and, and master mastermind stuff. So Monday mornings are my mastermind mastermind Monday, I guess. And uh, uh, because I can't really jump in and out of the creative work, I need like a whole day devoted to it. Right. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Fridays are uh, my are my like writing days. Uh, so it was hard to pivot at first because. Uh, you know, everything encroached on everything for a while. And like, I didn't know what the new normal was. Like, all, all I know is I did not have conventions anymore to, uh, to supplement my income. And, uh, and so I, it took me about a month and a half to figure out like that, um, as you're scrambling, you've got to like have a plan and you've got to make sure to, to keep the things that you love precious. And that's when, um, and so I've, 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 I've decided I'm not doing, uh, I, I like to stay under leveraged. Uh, so many people like working or, or, or working 12 to 14 hour days. Like I am happiest when I'm working six, uh, right. maybe eight. Uh, uh, but really, really more like four to six hours is like, is, is where I, I try to stay. I try to stay massively under leveraged so that when something comes up that I think is an opportunity that I can't pass up, I can devote all of my time to it. And so my life generally is, four to six hours of most days of working and then maybe 10 hours for short bursts when I'm doing things like a Kickstarter or a big launch or a, um, or, uh, or, 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 or something like that so that I can keep my sanity. Uh, I have to have that structure in my life. Now, how much of your business work involves virtual summits? Cause I remember we were talking about that earlier. Sure. So virtual summits was a thing that I did once the conventions were over. So I can't tell you how big. Con uh, so the, when the conventions all canceled, I started I did three virtual summits back to back to back, basically uh, over th basically three and six weeks. Uh, and I, uh, I learned a whole bunch from the virtual summits, but they were an answer to the fact that I could no longer do um, in-person summits and in-person conventions and in-person conferences. So I do a lot of writer conferences and I'm on, speak on a lot of panels. And so I wanted to maintain that. And I knew that I don't, I know a lot of showrunners, but I didn't know a lot of people who are doing it digitally. And for me, the best way to uh, start something is to uh, is to uh, control it at the beginning. So with the uh, with the books you see behind me, the Cthulhu is hard to spell books. You know that started because I wanted to do anthologies and no one was get, letting me in anthologies. So I just started my own anthology. And so I figured if I wanted to move into the digital space, I, the best thing to do was to host my own virtual conferences and show that like I was a leader in that field and and also be able to connect a bunch of people together who uh, who didn't know me and do a lot of branding. So I try to, when I'm doing something, make sure that it has multiple leverage points. So make sure that it fulfills multiple needs for me. The best is money plus mm -hmm. marketing. Um, but at least to be able to like build an audience, build branding, um, get my name out there, build the community, all sorts of the things that I'm looking to do, you know, find buyers who are going to buy from me in the future. Just all of the things that I try to do in my, um, and the rest of my life, if I'm going to take on a big project, I really wanted to be able to push those things forward. And for WanaCon, which was our first one, we were in the middle of a big launch. And so I was able to do WanaCon during that launch. And, uh, and, and we raised a few thousand extra dollars for that launch based on that, that convention. And for uh, the, the Online Writers Conference and Alt-FCD, I wanted to bring together writers and comic creators for the complete creative and drive them into um, my funnel for uh, for being able to get services for me. So I have been doing I've been, I guess I've been doing virtual summits uh, as a host, uh, as, as the, the, the organizer for about two months, two and a half months now. Um, but uh, in that time, I've done three pretty big successful ones. Well, let me ask you some questions about virtual summits. Um, if you're a business owner or a small business owner or a new business owner out there, entrepreneur service provider out there, virtual summits could be very new to you. The concept could be very new to you. Can you explain basically in layman terms what a virtual summit is and how it varies, you know, from a typical networking event? And then I'll get into some more questions after that. Sure. So, um, the easiest way to think about a virtual summit is that it is much like a industry conference, 
uh, that you would go to. Most industries have their own conference, right? So I know there's Absolutely. like a social media world and there's a Comic-Con and all of these things. Generally, there's like at least one analog that people understand about uh, an in-person live conference. And what you're doing is you're moving that online. So you have panels, uh, you have networking, you have uh, you have all of the pieces. You have uh, you have uh, breakout sessions. You can have breakout sessions. You have all sorts of ways for people to connect together. And now you can do a recorded summit. I recommend a live summit because there's something about the electricity of being there, right there, and being able to answer questions that uh, makes people feel very much connected in that moment. So we are uh, uh, you're basically transferring all of the best parts of a uh, in a live conference or convention into the virtual realm. And there's all sorts of ways to do that, uh, both paid and free and uh, using uh, streaming platforms and, uh, and, and other things. But that's the general gist is taking a, a, something that exists in the real world and then moving it onto a digital platform and retaining as much of that uh, in-person connection as you possibly can. So from the business owner perspective, not the digital marketing guy's perspective how do you find the right type of one for you i mean do you just go to eventbrite and see what you can dig up do you just go to google and look up um plumber virtual summits for example or well i mean you're probably going to be starting your own right i mean you're you're not going to it's not going to be there's not going to be a lot in your space and uh, the ones that already exist probably have a bunch of people in them. But yes, you can do that. If there's a lot, if there's a virtual summit in your space already, then uh, you can try and contact them. But the thing I have the most experience on is, uh, is capitalizing on your network and starting one yourself and then becoming a leader in that space um, while you are doing it. That's really the easiest mm -hmm. way to, 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 to get to the next level is to uh, become a leader in your space. And the easiest way to do that is to uh, put on something that is very impressive to the people who are in your ideal audience. So do you, so I think you're already answering the question though. Do you think if you're a business owner, any example, and you want to network and build lead generation, is it better to attend several virtual summits before attempting to start your own or just continue to attend as many as you can and then try to follow up and network after those because a lot of people may not have the technical uh, confidence to start a virtual summit. In many ways, it's like starting a, a business. Sure. Uh, the technology is a pretty low barrier to entry if you know how to use Zoom, um, which most people do now, which is the nice part about virtual summits is the, the, the adoption rate of, of, of virtual uh, technology has gone through the roof in the past two months. Um, but it really depends on the quality of the summit, honestly. Uh, so some summits have networking, some do not. Some you're just an attendee. Uh, some of you will have background access passes. My wife is attending one this weekend that has uh, that has like a happy hours and such associated with it. So um, I do think it's a good deal, idea if you've never been to any convention or summit to at least attend one. So, you know, the elements of uh, what you're looking for in, in, in launching a summit. I. I. Don't know the efficacy of attending a summit in person or in uh in uh, in uh in 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 virtual world with and just being an attendee um i have not done that for a very long time um i would imagine that if you get access to the other people at the convention then it's helpful i actually did this a couple of months ago at podcast movement evolutions and and and, and it was fine to be an attendee but i unless you're speaking unless i'm speaking and i have a way to stand out uh, from the rest of the crowd it's very hard to um to uh to show or have authority that you are the person that they should be relying mm, on that's what i was going to ask you is if you attend a virtual summit, you know, before COVID-19, I would go to many networking events. I would speak at different conferences and, and do boot camps and so on. Many of the people attending would come and contact you afterwards or whatever. You know, can you help me? I tried DIY. It's not working. Can you help me? It's a good way to get referrals. Obviously, that 
that dynamic has changed. So if you participate in a virtual summit as an attendee, what is the best way to follow up and try to keep in touch with them? Hey, we both attended this virtual summit. You may need the services I provide, for example, whatever that may be, the person may be a therapist or, or a plumber or a doctor, lawyer, what have you, an accountant. How do they kind of get their feet wet if they don't want to host the virtual summit at, at the offset? And just have, I, mean, I think it's much you like know. you would do uh, any other thing online. Uh, you're hoping that the virtual summit uh, has something that you can get a list of people who are part of that summit, that they have some sort of networking component that you can meet and talk to people. You gather their information as you're doing that and you reach out. Um, I mean, hopefully... You, it's a little bit different because bonding uh, digitally is a lot different than bonding in person. Um, so you're going to want to like, you know, friend them on Facebook or LinkedIn, have a real chat like uh, with, with, with who they are, uh, see what their actual needs are um, and, and try to like find the people who you communicate a lot with through the course of the summit. Um, I would, for instance, when I would attend one of these uh, in-person events and they had access to the list of all the people, every time I would meet them, I would, reach out to them and i would say hi we met at this place hi right. we met at this place hi we met at this place remember we talked here and i don't think it's much different online like you're trying to be like hi we met here uh so we have the same reason to uh to uh to uh, we have the same interest category and maybe we can help each other maybe uh maybe we can just be friends i so i um i do this a lot differently whereas like i literally don't care if you ever become a, a client of mine. I just am looking for other cool people to hang out with and clients end up coming after that part of it. And that's served me well. It takes a lot longer because like, I don't have that intentional, you have a need part of it. Um, but the bonds I, 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 I make are a lot better bonds and they tend to be a lot stronger. Um, I think that it's going to be a lot harder for you to just get a card and then follow up and say, I have a digital solution for you because people are a lot more guarded online. But I think you have the opportunity to still go out and meet people and then follow up with them and tell them what you do, remind them what you do if you've talked about it. Um, you know, if they're if people are having a comment chain and saying, hi, you are, um, uh, 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 yeah, I'm having a problem with this. You can say, hey, I'm going to send you an email. What's your email? If you get your email, if, if you get their email, just make sure you're not doing it on like the the, the people that are that are the the hosts of the conference also have their own um, reasons for hosting it. And also the people who are the speakers, uh, they get first dibs on these things. Like it, it's like like they if you're if they're on a comment chain and they're a speaker and like they're helping somebody or like if it's on that speaker's like 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 panel description or something you know it's kind of a real dick move to come in and try and like take a client from them or like to, if like that is their client uh but that's the same thing with a regular convention also you wouldn't after a panel go up to the panelists and then around the crowd of people who have gathered around them tell them tell those people that you can solve the problem that the panelists literally just right. talked about. so don't do that in a virtual summit either um but i i think that you know, there's a ton of uh, any good summit should have some networking potential with a bunch of people to, together, whether that is uh, in the comments section or in like a Facebook group or in their own like uh, Mighty Network community. But whatever it is, they should have some way uh, for you to communicate. And then I think that it's fair game for you to go through all of the people who are in the conference uh, uh, check who they are out, uh, do and uh, message them or communicate with them that you like you think you have a reason to do business or you think that, that they'll be cool or just to say hello, even better, and uh, and then uh, take it from there. But it's it's going to take a little bit longer, I think, than in person where you can really break that down in just like one handshake. When it comes to running a business, there are a lot of moving parts. There's managing daily operations, delegating work, and using digital marketing to attract more customers in a post-COVID-19 economy. With so much to do and the stakes higher than ever before, 
it's important to know where to go for experienced, professional, digital marketing guidance. That's where we come in. At DMS.Blue, digital marketing is our specialty. We help committed industry leaders and premium service providers reboot, rebrand, and come back bigger and stronger than they were before. If you're ready to ignite your bottom line and accelerate growth, get in touch with the digital marketing specialists at www.dms.blue and schedule a free, no-strings-attached consultation today. Are there generalized business uh, virtual summits that you would recommend or that you're aware of? I mean, so there's ones on pod. There's a couple on podcasting. Most of the big ones this year, like most of the big conventions this year are going to have a digital component. Uh, so like San Diego Comic-Con has a digital component. Um, a couple of the podcast places have digital components. Um, uh, 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 I think even podcast movement has a digital component. Uh, that uh, So uh, if there's a big convention there and it was supposed to go on the at least through like June, uh, they probably already have a virtual component that they're doing if they haven't been pushed. Um, the 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 better thing though about virtual virtual summits is they can be done much smaller, so they don't have to be broad. They can be like they 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 can you can make one about you could find one about just literal digital marketing. You could find one about like SEO for Kansas or like SEO for local or like there's because there's the, the cost to set one up are so much smaller. I think what you're going to see are not broad, um, but like very, very, very narrowly focused one. A friend of mine did one for piano tuners and he had like 350 people on that because he was the only virtual conference that had ever existed for piano tuners. And there's a finite amount of piano tuners. So like he was able to like really move his business that part of his business forward by uh by, by creating something that was very niche but you couldn't make something so niche uh uh you know in the real world most times because the renting a convention hall necessitates a certain amount of volume right do you see that trend continuing a year or two years from now with uh, not just the the number of virtual summits increasing, but more niching down, becoming more uh, specific. I think what you're going to see is as we get through this crisis and we start getting back to normal, that the big conferences, the big conventions are are going to still be very broad. Um, I, I think that it's going to be hard for a small convention in the real world. I'm talking about like in, like a physical convention that was very hyper niche uh, or didn't have a lot of backing to survive. Uh, uh, I, I think that, and even with something like social media world, or, uh, I don't think that's what it's called, but like the, the, the big conventions in like a main space, like something that's like podcast movement is right. all podcasting right. and it's got hundreds of panels. And like those ones, I think have a better shot of, of lasting. I think that the smaller conventions, uh, unfortunately, maybe not the very, 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 very small ones, but the middle ones or lower are in real trouble. Um, so I think that what you're going to see is the physical world conventions are going to be massively broad, maybe even bigger and broader than they have ever been before. And though, and, and but, but people are going to leave that being like, well, that's great. But like, I want to start a blog, a podcast about hairstylists, or like, I have this very, very, very specific niche. And that's what I want to, to, to talk about. Uh, and how are people going to, and then how do I do that? And so I, I think that is where the opportunity is going to be because I think it's going to be very hard to get like a thousand people to, or 2000 people to attend a virtual summit. But I, I think that people mm. that have kind of been primed at a big convention can very easily be moved to like a smaller convention that is much more focused. Our alt FCD conference, for instance, was uh, about comic creators and there's not a lot of there, there's a lot of comic conventions, but there's not a lot for specifically comic creators about how to make a book. And so we made something that was considerably more niche than any other convention that we had talked about. Some some shows have a little bit about like a creator part in their in a track of their uh, of their programming, but there's not one that's just like here's just for comic creators. 
Um, we're talking, we did a one called the online writers comment, which was a general one. And we're already talking about like, how do we niche that down to be like only fantasy or only science fiction or only like one thing, because then, uh, we're probably, we're not going to get the breadth, but we're going to get the depth of that one thing. And we're going to be able to really penetrate like one very small niche. And, uh, if you have a digital marketing business or a, or a, um, a business that caters to that niche, you're going to then be able to go in there and be like, I have, don't I have a solution for you? Because like I have worked with hairdressers for the last 10 years and this is their specific problems. Um, and that is what I think, that is where I think the, 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 the value is. I also think it's going to be easier for if somebody works on in that industry to be able to book, book on those shows, as opposed to booking on like podcast movement, which like, like is just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of panels and everyone's trying to get there. So it's really important to niche down to find um, the more specific group, the more specific target audience. Well, I think that what's going to happen is you're going to have, as more and more conventions happen, more and more conventions happen digitally, you're going to get a bunch of people being like, well, I just saw the online writers conference. Like, why do I have to do four more that are the exact same thing? And so you may have gotten a thousand people on your show the first time, but like, if you do it six months from now and it's similar, they're going to be like, well, I saw that show and I've been to 15 more. So you really want to be like, um, you know, like, like, how to SEO a, small, a local business or, or something where it's like, just like you, I'm, we're going to have 10 different panels specific to local uh, SEO. Right. And, and, yeah. you know, I, they might have, if you go to a big digital marketing panel, they might have one panel on, did on, on local SEO or two, but like this one is going to go literally the entire thread is about this one thing. And if you are a local business that is looking to up your SEO, we're going to have a panel just on Yelp and just on the first page of Google mm -hmm. and just on X, whatever the, the, the pieces are. And then you're going to be able to go in there as an expert and, and hopefully you'll be able to do, uh, to do, uh, to, to do, uh, to, to like provide there. But I think that more importantly, it's going to be a, 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 a opportunity for, let's say you and 10 other people who are digital marketing experts in SEO or 10 other people that have different things in SEO. Maybe you, maybe you do SEO digital, maybe you do Facebook ads for, for local businesses and someone else does SEO and someone else does, uh, does websites and someone else does branding. And you can now like create an entire package and together be like, hey, let's all go to our tiny audiences or our small audiences that like have a couple hundred people in them. And let's all build this thing together that is like how to build a local business from scratch and make it profitable within the first month or three months. Now, that would be right up my alley. Now, let me ask you as a business owner or independent contractor, I'm not sure, you know, how you would define your business. How do you build virtual summits? If someone came to you and said, you know, Russell, I need help starting a virtual summit. What range of services would you offer specifically? What would, and what would you say? No, that's not what I do. Um, so I, uh, I try to give as much away for free as I can. So I have a website that actually has the completecreative.com forward slash virtual conference. Uh, does gives a breakdown of like basically all of the things that you would need to know to have a virtual conference, but it's not everything. Right. So the first thing that I, I, I would basically take you soup to nuts uh, from, uh, well, how, what people do you actually know? You know, what? Uh, what flow? Like, what are the what are the problems of a of, of a business that are that are that that like you can that you can see and making you see what the potential is there, who you can partner with, and what your convention can be about, and what you can hope to gain out of it. Um, as far as the tech, you know, I used a company a, a, a site called Streamyard, which streamed to our Facebook group. It streamed to uh, uh, our uh, our um, uh, uh, my Facebook page, my Twitter, my, my Twitch and my YouTube page. And 
uh, that allowed me to basically say, these are the places you can find me, join our mailing list, create a landing pages and join our mailing list and join our Facebook group. And our Facebook group ended up with over 1,100 people in it that we had built in one week, one week to 1,100 people in that Facebook group because of this summit. Uh, and now we have that Facebook group that's full of comic creators and comic book fans. Plus, I have a mailing list. I think we ended up with uh, like 800 or 900 people on that mailing list that are literally just hyper-targeted. And the best part is I spent $0 on marketing. That's how, like, like how much would you spend to get like a thousand targeted people in your Facebook group and a thousand and 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 a thousand new emails? We spent zero dollars, and uh, and uh, and was it the biggest? We had about a hundred eighty to a hundred people every day uh, throughout the course of a day each day, um, and we spent. I, I think I spent fifty dollars on branding and fifty dollars on um, on 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 uh, on. Uh, what did I do? It was some, oh, and the, 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 the program itself, I spent about $50 on. Yeah. So I also would help somebody figure like do that with like very little resources because most businesses have very few resources to, 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 to do that. And most people are looking to get to the next level and not, and, uh, and what's most important to them is not necessarily the money that they that that they uh that, that they're making today but what they're going to do in two months or three months or how to keep filling their funnel and once you do it one time and you show you can do it well maybe you can charge the next time or maybe you can charge this time for different parts but there's all sorts of little things that i learned uh, but the general thing that i would show you is basically how to go soup to nuts how to come up with an idea figure out who to partner with uh put the put the flow together and then uh, and, 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 and command your performance the day of so that you're making sure everything is staying on track. Are there specific tools or software that you think uh, someone who is new to participating in virtual summits before they would uh, even attempt to start one? Are there tools or software uh, programs that you would recommend uh, you know, the typical business owner to, to get or, or learn how to use. Sure. So, uh, zoom for sure. Uh, hundred percent zoom, um, Facebook, if you haven't used Facebook, um, a mailing list program, um, be that MailChimp, uh, or something else and really learn how to like be sending weekly emails through it and building out your funnel. Uh, a, you will also need a nice microphone. I have a, uh, I have a uh, blue Yeti right here. You don't have to have a blue Yeti, but you can have a cheap one like mine. You have uh, the Cadillac of microphones, sir. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, and, and uh, webcam. I yes. mean, my webcam I think costs twenty five dollars. Uh, and uh, then I I love Streamyard, but you can use Zoom or a whole bunch of other things to run your conference. There's a lot of like really complex software um, that costs like tens of thousands of dollars to use. Uh, I didn't use any of that. Uh, and uh, I think we got a great reception. What really matters is the content that you deliver and how focused that you are. Right. So the thing that I would, um, if you are not a professional, if you have don't have a podcast or you're not used to speaking in front of people, this is when we would have to talk about like, who can we bring on to moderate? Like who, who in your industry could we either pay or get to host each panel? Uh, or to host the entire day, because it is a skill to make sure everything stays on track, make sure that you're moving, yeah. that, that every hour has value, and that you are on the same, the right page with everybody. I, uh, so, I agree with that 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that in this world, we're all going to have to get a lot more um, comfortable with with speaking in public and, and even on these calls like this, you know, and, and we're going to have to like, maybe not have our own podcast, but we're going to be, be, be asked to get on these meetings and do these things and be able to speak eloquently and be able to drive the conversation forward. And you would be shocked. Maybe you wouldn't be shocked. I was certainly shocked when I realized just how, uh, low the bar was to have a, uh, to like have an entertaining podcast or event where it just like started on time like the the people were subject matter experts that the conversation stayed on track 
and that like you were able to ask questions that were answered live. Like those were like the, the elements. It didn't have to be perfect. You can tell I, I've been doing this for a long time, but I still stammer quite a bit. I have not never been able to to fix that part of me. I don't know. No matter how much work I do, I still do it. But it's still, people still hire me to speak, and like people are still entertained by the thing. There were all sorts of issues when we had that live uh, event. Uh, somebody knocked over their camera for like twenty minutes. Uh, somebody's cat jumped up on their stuff. There was all sorts of things, but people were still engaged and entertained because they wanted to hear the conversation that was happening. And I think that's really the, the main focal point is to try to produce content that you think uh, could have value to the viewer or the listener to try your best to try to ask you know, probing questions that you think could be relevant to your audience and just do the best you can. You can't always screen people a hundred percent. Well, there's always going to be things that will get past you. The microphone could fall over. The camera could stop working right now for some reason. I could have some big hole in my head or what have you, you know, things like that just happen. But I think the the focal point is definitely to try to produce quality content. I, I'm in total agreement with that. Well, and you can use that then, or you can repurpose it to other things. You can, you Absolutely. can cut it up and you can cut the best clips up and add them to YouTube, use them for Facebook ads or whatever, but you're trying to get people to, uh, the, the, the virtual summit is as its best when it is not a sales event, it is a marketing event and they are two different things. And if uh, I think it's really important to separate those two things out. Uh, so I will very quickly, uh, a sales event is anything where you're driving someone to make, to make dollars, to, to, to literally you're making dollars by pushing a, a sale. Um, you can have sales elements. Like you could, you could provide a, uh, 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 a copy of the event for later or like uh, some p uh, uh, swag or whatever in that event. But uh, sales events are like, I am, I am doing a, a webinar and I expect you to buy at the end. Like that is the, the sales event. A marketing event is anything that you're doing to drive down the potential for, for future sales. So like, for instance, um, a great example of this is the Harmon brothers produced a, a video for, uh, Russell Brunson a couple of years ago. And he said that that video alone, even though it did not sell his ClickFunnels program, it dropped, uh, it dropped uh, trial costs that cost people signing up for a trial from $150 to $50. Right. So it's two thirds drop. So it dropped 66% of the, uh, of, of the cost, making it, he could get now three people for the same price as that one as one person before. So marketing, this is a, a virtual summit is at its best when it is a marketing event, when it is about you being out there, you being in front of people, you telling people if they can go and look at something, but it is not a sales event. The worst thing that you can do for uh, in person or a virtual summit is to have every hour be a sales event for, for something that they can buy. Um, so if, but if you think about like, the efficacy of marketing, which I'm sure you are very, very interested interested in, yes. as I am also very interested in, uh, a virtual summit can 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 fill all sorts of holes for you uh, with a with very little outlay. Uh, it, it fills your goodwill bank because uh, you know you're you're doing all this stuff for the people that are on the uh, that are in each hour uh, and for the the people who are listening. Uh, it it brings people together. We had 50, 50 creators all helping us drive signups for our last virtual conference. Uh, uh, and then we filled the, we filled the, the Facebook for free. So like when you're talking about like how much it would cost to get like a thousand qualified leads in two weeks, you know, that's, that's a 10 grand ad spend probably really like to get like all of those people and like a thousand dollars at least. And we did, you, you can do it for free. Uh, you also become an expert in your field. Uh, you're seen as the expert because if you bring the right people on, suddenly you're next to people who are best in field, best in, and and because you're with them, interviewing them, you are building authority just by being around them, and they are getting authority by being with you. So all of these things are 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 big drivers that. Even though I think our last our last convention, I made five dollars total on the actual two day that we spent doing that, um, because we got thousands, hundreds of people uh, uh, who were perfectly targeted to my work, 
uh, I found that to be an incredible win and something that I would have at least spent given 33 cents for a Facebook ad to get a minimum of 33 cents to get someone to sign up for like a lead magnet and more like a dollar, you know, I would have been spending anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to a thousand dollars or more to get those same leads. And I was able to do it in a way that was giving and, and, and felt like I was giving back to the community and made me look good with all of the other people as well. Right. Well, and and uh, I think the concept of repurposing content too is a really vital component when you start producing more virtual summits, uh, more video content in general. Uh, absolutely, you can't have uh, one without the other. I think you're missing the boat. You're leaving a lot of money on the table if you're not trying to repurpose content that you produce. Um, so another thing is that you can use those hours. You can break them up into podcast episodes if you're trying to start a podcast. 14 hours, 14 episodes of podcast potentially, 14 hours of video, uh, dozens of potential clips that you can put on the internet to, and doing video view Facebook ads or whatever. Right. Like, a, like if you were a, if you were a uh, local SEO or a local digiting marketing expert and you had a panel that had a really great five minute segment on like the thing that you're selling, uh, uh, you can take, pull that out, put that in an ad and then use that as a video view ad and then retarget ads from that who for people that watched. And now you have, for zero dollars, uh, except for the spend and the marketing, now have a piece of marketing that you can repurpose and reuse. And um, I just people often ask me, uh, you know, like how much money did you make from the convention from the, these things? And I'm like, I, I did it all for free, but like that doesn't mean that I did it all unstrategically. I did it very strategically. It's just that I didn't think that with where we were when I made the the, the summit that I wanted to. I, I didn't think that I would be able to make enough to to justify me having pay it being paid for instance like i could have gotten thousands of views and seen by thousands of people or maybe gotten 20 or 30 maybe 50 people to give me a few bucks and i felt like being seen by all of those people was a much better use of my energy at least at this stage of hosting a virtual summit or where i am in the branding needs of my company than getting some people to like be behind a paywall. Now that's not to say that you can't do some of each. Some of the most interesting parts of what I'm working on now are how to have a free and a paid component of a convention where you can get the benefit of the brand and outreach of a convention for free, but then also have a bunch of paid components you can get paid on also. I think that's a really good idea. Do you have any uh, final thoughts or, or input that, um, you know, you would like to add? Yeah. So uh, the biggest thing that I, because I've been studying doing a virtual summit for years and I always feared doing it because uh, people made it seem like it was impossible to do. Like mm. you'd have to have dozens of hours of recorded content and you have to spend weeks recording it and then weeks promoting it. And I can tell you, like I spent two weeks putting this together. Yeah, it was a lot of work in those two weeks, each two weeks. But one of the, my first convention, I started on a Monday, started, sorry, I started on a Sunday. And by that Friday, I was recording. I was recording the entire virtual summit. The next one we had about two weeks and this, the final one we had about three weeks to put it together from literal conception and doing all the branding and everything. Uh, we put it together. Maybe we had the idea about a, a month before, but as far as like putting it all together, meeting, we did it in two weeks and people were super forgiving of like, they just liked having it there and they liked having the, um, the ability to reach out to the people in, uh, initially. And even though uh, there were issues and the audio wasn't great perfectly, like they just all rolled with it, which... Um, really encouraged me to, to, to something that I always think about, which is like people make things harder than they are. Mm. That is not to say things are not hard. Um, you know, I don't I, like SEO is very hard. It's very labor intensive. Uh, I don't do it well, uh, which is why I like, I, uh, I like, but, uh, the most things can be done uh, without a ton of effort. Um, they may not be done perfectly. The problem with SEO is that it has to be done perfectly. Like to work, it ha it's, like, it's not like you could do it 80%. Like you have to do it to the level of like 
the best or it's not even worth doing for the most part? There's certainly many different component parts to it. Absolutely. If you don't, if you create a website and you don't already have very well written content ready to go before you create it, if you don't have backlinks, if you don't have images with alt tags, you don't have a video on your front page, on and on and on. If it doesn't load very, very quickly, uh, do you want to go after local SEO? That's much easier than national or subject matter SEO. So it's absolutely true. It's a very uh, complex uh field and it's changing regularly because Google updates their algorithm probably every three to six months or so, I think. Maybe right. more, than, maybe more. My point being that like there are some things that are like impossibly difficult, like SEO I find impossibly difficult, yeah. um, but uh, most things can be done at a high level. And if you do it at 20% or 40% or hopefully at least 80%, like when you're doing something like this, if you're doing something that is well done, well-meaning, but like is not perfect, people will give you a lot of slack. And people make things seem like they are much more complicated than they are uh, once you actually get in there and do it. Um, and it is that fear that drives us to not do it. Uh, and I have found throughout my career that if you just like roll up your 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 arms and do it your your sleeves and do it uh you can pretty much you can pretty much figure anything out um again maybe you won't be the biggest podcast the biggest virtual summit that's ever existed or the biggest podcast or the biggest anything um but you don't have to be the biggest to make a very nice living off of it or to have it move your 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 brand forward in a really significant way um one thing that would be you know one, one thing that is uh that I thought about while we were doing this, because we talked about local SEO, right? Is like a local, let's say you, you work with a group of other, you have a group of like other chamber of commerce and you have a bunch of other, you, you run a restaurant and you've got a bunch of other restaurants, right? That like you work with, you could theoretically throw a virtual conference, but a virtual conference, but it would be maybe like you each do a cooking class on like a thing to like make a dinner. One, if you does mm -hmm. an appetizer, one, if you does the main dish, one, if you does the dessert and like, you're now partnering with other people that all have the same small town feel and, mm -hmm. and they're all like targeting the same people and again you can then be all of these things are possible it doesn't have to be like the thing that i'm talking about which is like one person talking ahead and then you're talking to a couple of people it can be all sorts of stuff the point is in this time uh when we're unable to leave the house a lot of times and even when we are things are going to be very different very it's it, it it it's more important than ever to figure out how to work with other people to retain people's attention. I know you said earlier that you uh you pretty much don't have anything but groceries, but like we go out, I me and my wife go out every like 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 we get takeout every like once or twice a week just to help the local businesses. And we're constantly like, okay, we've been doing this for two months. Who haven't we hit yet? Who haven't we like done a thing for yet? And like uh, you know, if 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 I was to, to to see something that was like my wife loves to cook, it's like, hey, you know, this really cool restaurant that's right down your block is going to show you how to make uh how to make like frittatas in like twenty minutes. Like she would watch that, and then we would likely go to that restaurant and like uh, uh, get takeout from it just because like that is a thing that. And then you have the recipe that you can go through. You could make it a, a an in-person thing maybe next year. You could give people a discount if they didn't order uh, by watching the conference. So all these things that you can do that are marketing and sales related that that like that that allow you to uh, reach out to your people for a reasonable, affordable price and allows you to work with other people that aren't in competition with you but are your like, like, but are your, uh, your, 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 your friends. You could also do, let's say you have a Lebanese restaurant and there are 20 other Lebanese restaurants around the city. You could theoretically all do one big Lebanese restaurant thing. And you then could all have a different recipe and you're all hitting different markets around the city. And you're not like stepping on each other's toes and you're actually showing people, uh, there are going to be people on that feed that have like other, that, that like, 
like to travel around the city and look at other Lebanese restaurants or oh, yeah. sewing or clothing or whatever that thing is. There's all of the, the biggest part of my business, the biggest successes of my business have always been when I've had no audience. And I've been able to combine a bunch of other people together at a reasonable cost to bring all of our audiences together where I, and, 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 and then my audience exploded. So there's all sorts of things that you can look at. I like virtual summits, both being a part of them, but you don't necessarily have to lead. Maybe you go to your chamber of commerce meeting, your next digital one and say, Hey, I was thinking about this. Does anyone want to collaborate together? Or has anyone thought about doing this? Or there's all sorts of ways to go into uh, to, to, to your uh, the, the biggest brands in your field and ask like if they would sponsor something like that or whatever it is. You can you have connections that you can leverage right now to create your own experiences online. And I have been doing this a long time. I have never had the kind of emotional, visceral, and immediate reaction that I've had to fans than when I ran those virtual summits ever in 10 years of doing this. And I have a very committed fan base. Well, Russell, I, I think you dropped some really, really good points um, and some really good insight in, in our discussion. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Um, and how can people reach out to you to learn more about your services? Uh, sure. So uh, my final thought is just that uh, it seems impossible right now, but it is not impossible. Some people are like re reinvigorating and revitalizing their businesses. They're taking time to really see where the inefficiencies were in their business and then, and then, and then figuring out how to move forward in a much more streamlined way. Uh, they are, they are doing all sorts of like really cool, interesting things. And virtual summit's just one of them. It's just the one that I found. I don't know if it doesn't resonate with you, then don't then, then, then don't do it. But I do think there is value in any business trying to figure out how to leverage online in a way that you haven't thought about before that doesn't cost a lot of money. Uh, that, I, I, that, that like brings a big outmoded ROI. It might cost a thousand dollars and you get 20,000. It might cost nothing and you make like, and, and you get a bunch of people on your mailing list or whatever. Um, how you can find me is I uh, run a website called the complete creative, which help creatives, which helps creatives build better businesses. Um, it is devoted for 10 years of, of putting my thoughts online and of how to run and scale. I've got all sorts of epic blog posts, things on crowdfunding. I've got an entire uh, uh, article, 10,000 words on virtual summits, uh, thecompletecreative.com forward slash virtual conference. And uh, I, 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 I help creatives and other businesses build better things and, and, and really build an audience. And that's what my specialty is. So if you are uh, you are uh, struggling to build an audience or keep your audience or, ha or or monetize your audience, I am the guy for you, especially if you live in a creative thing. So you can reach me at thecompletecreative.com. Uh, you can email me at Russell, that's two S's, two L's at wannabepress.com. And uh, yeah, I look forward to tr helping you figure out how to build your business and take it to the next level in 2020 and making this just a hiccup in what is going to be an amazing business and uh, an amazing year. Well, Russell, I really do appreciate your time and your input. Thank you so much for joining us on Rebooting Business. Uh, I'm your host, David Summerfleck, digital marketing specialist online at dms.blue. And uh, thank you for watching and listening. And Russell, please stick around for another minute. And um, that'll be it for this episode. So thanks everyone for watching or listening. If this has been helpful to you, please consider subscribing and giving us a positive review as well. Thank you, Russell. Please stick around for another minute. You've been listening to Rebooting Business, the podcast for, about, and by America's small business owners who are ready to reboot and rebuild businesses in a post-COVID-19 world. To learn more about rebooting your business or be a guest on the podcast, please visit www.dms.blue today.